FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Hello, welcome back to Castaway. I'm Chris Hudson and you're listening to FIS's Freight and Commodity Podcast. It's the 2nd of February. We've managed to make it all the way through a very bleak January 2021, uh, but I am joined by Bright Lights, Kerry and Tom again. Thank you for joining me, guys. Hi, Chris. So a little roundup of what we've had in the news since the uh, last podcast. Um, There's been a military coup in Myanmar with the army arresting the civilian government and the US warning it will take action against those responsible. Republicans have floated a compromised $600 billion stimulus package. Uh, the Kremlin has ordered a crackdowns on anti-Putin protests. The EU came under fire for its attempts to curb uh, vaccine exports. Uh, the Bank of England is set to hold back on further economic stimulus. Uh, the UK applied to join the Trans-Pacific Trade Group. Uh, President Biden said that Trump's US-China trade deal was under review. And China rejected UK passports for Hong Kong residents in what was a largely symbolic gesture. So lots of political stuff going on this week, but let's start to look at some of the indexes and movements. Kerry, why don't you kick us off on what's been happening on the freight indexes? Well, another punchy week for movement on the Cape size with the 5TC average currently sitting as of yesterday at uh, 15516 That is down $5,193 or 25% uh, since last Tuesday. Uh, the Panamax 4TC average, a little steadier, 13333 That's down $274 or 2% on last Tuesday. For oil and products, we are slightly up on most of the contracts this week. Brent uh, up 0.6%. Rotterdam 3.5% ending 315. Uh, I was up 1%. Sing 380, the other high sulfur fuel, 329, spot 05, up 1.25%. Uh, the 0.5s, the very low sulfur fuel oils, were both up. 0.6 and point, uh, sorry, 1.21%, that's Rotterdam and Singh, ending 407 and 432.91 respectively. And for the high fives, that's the difference between the very low sulfur and high sulfur fuel oil, uh, down 1.1% on the Rotterdam to 92, and Singapore version was 104, ending up 1.24%. Tom, what about the iron ore? A bit of a rout uh, in iron ore over the last uh, few days. Um, so the 65%, the high-grade contract uh, index was $192.80 a week ago and now $180.05, so off 6.6%. And the 62% grade was $168.50 uh, and is now transacting one, or was transacting yesterday, sorry, $156.05, so down 7.4%. And to run off the indexes with tankers, TC2 was up 17% to 134.17. TC5 up 1% at 74.29 ending. Uh, two, TD3C uh, down 4% at 31.17. And TD25, the last of the roundup, 68.33 ending yesterday, uh, minus 16% week on week. Uh, quite a significant route on the iron ore, Tom. So why don't we start with that as the most exciting thing uh, from the index Point of view anyway and uh interesting points of why we are getting this route yeah i mean that was up till yesterday and just to sort of continue on with the theme we have dropped another seven or eight dollars uh in trading this morning as well so it's uh 
really, really coming off quite hard at the moment. Um, there's a few sort of technical things going on, I suppose. So there's been some new futures contracts listed uh, in China. Uh, so a lot of the speculative money that you see on the onshore exchanges, some of it flowing through to the offshore exchanges, has moved out of the uh, metals market and moved into peanuts and pig futures of all things. Um, so there's been a significant shift uh, in in in, uh, in where money is being uh, placed onshore, which does have an impact on the offshore contracts as well. Um, there's been a bit of sort of chatter around the uh, expectations from Biden and tariffs against China and whether they'd be lifted or not, and that's put a bit of uncertainty into the market um, as a, as to what the new challenges between the new agreement or accord between China and the US might look like. So that's put a few jitters into the market as well. Um, but in terms of iron ore itself, um, we're sort of entering cyclone season in Australia. It's heavy rain season in Brazil. Um, and that's sort of being priced into the market at the moment. Um, but I think what you've seen over the course of the last week is maybe finally a reaction or the result of some of the cooling measures that were put in place uh, at the end of July, uh, end of July, end of December, sorry, uh, by the Chinese government uh, to sort of calm down the rampant uh, price rise that we had seen uh, onshore. Um, and that combined with that sort of listing of some new contracts uh, has maybe exacerbated that a little bit. Um, so that's just one to watch moving forward. Um, the mid and small miners um, have reported, um, following the big four miners uh, reports over the last couple of weeks, um, and I think the market was generally expecting a bit more um, increase in production than there was than was announced. So the less than ten million tons of incremental production over last year from the sort of smaller miners has been announced. Um, which doesn't normally have a massive impact on the market, but I think maybe people were pricing in a bit more of an increase from these smaller markets. Um, in terms of delivery, deliverables into China, um, it was down 1.6 million tonnes on last week, so a total of 19.7 million tonnes were delivered into China uh, over the course of the last few days or the last week. Um, probably seasonal relative to sort of the spike that you see uh, in December and early Jan. Um, as miners sort of look to increase sales um, into the end of the year. Um, so we will sort of just have to you know, wait and see as to what really plays out um, in the coming yeah. days. Well, one, one thing we had said the last couple of episodes, right, was uh, was just watch those steel mill margins, right? Yeah. Um, and, and indeed, it's it's I think it's no coincidence, right, that we're seeing this correction triggered just as the margins finally went properly negative. Uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. And that, that does play out in some of the figures that we're seeing. So steel demand has dropped off a cliff, basically, in the last couple of weeks. So early Jan and late deck, you were seeing demand of approximately 200,000 tonnes a day. And that has dropped to twenty to 30,000 tonnes a day. So over the course of the last couple of weeks. So, you know, there has been a huge drop in steel demand. Uh, also, steel supply. Uh, you know, there, there has been a real surplus building uh, over the last few weeks. So um, uh, 
the sort of construct, construction steel trading volume as well. So the actual trade of steel has dropped from over 200,000 tonnes per day as well in late December to 138,000 tonnes per day. So it, the steel industry is starting to reflect, I think, what we've really been saying for a lot of the latter part of last year, that the, the production numbers coming out of China on steel do not seem rational relative to the world's demand for it. Uh, and maybe that is finally starting to play out. Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, because I know there's mill margins on a, on one of the indices that we watch uh, uh, closely um, in RMB terms had dropped from you know above 900 RMB per metric ton in December to uh, well to negative last week, uh, just below zero. Yeah, uh, so, you know, which is quite a statement. So, yeah, hugely yeah. relative and definitely worth watching. I think as well, you know, we are heading into Chinese New Year. Uh, next week, which is always a quiet period, there's always a seasonal drop off uh, in demand and therefore pricing. You know that that's fairly clockwork, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, but the the viciousness, I suppose, of the uh, of the decline is not something I think we're used to. But you know, iron ore, as we have discussed week in week out for the course of the last nine twelve months, is not uh, not a tame beast at the moment. Uh, <laughs> Indeed. It's pretty difficult to, to trade around it when you're getting moves quite so strong as we're seeing at the moment. I guess it's a nice mirror to what's happening in, in Western markets with the disruption of retail money and the use of Reddit into certain <laughs> Yeah. But the, the opposite is happening in China. The curves on, on those other investors coming into the market is probably cooling off a bit. Indeed. Kerry, a related product, um, steel and scrap. Uh, what are we seeing on those markets? Well, you know, we cover both the U.S. steel and scrap markets and the international markets. I wanted to take a quick look at those international markets today, uh, starting with the Turkish scrap, um, where it seems like there's further limited downside there. Um, there seem to be some U.S. aggressive U.S. sellers who have uh, some end Feb and early March shipments at hand. So they're bringing that market down with uh, other sellers holding back and uh, trying to take advantage of uh, the drop in Turkey to lower their collection costs. The Turkish rebar demand is also poor, which isn't helping sentiment. Um, but again, you know, conversely with Chinese New Year coming this month, that could shift sentiment um, um, on that Turkish rebar output. So let's see. The mills are lowering prices, but demand hasn't yet come up as rebar buyers are waiting for the bottom here. Uh, that Northwest European HRC uh, market has continued to jump over the first two weeks of January. Amid ongoing supply tightness and brisk apparent demand, the service centers prioritize security of supply over price. Uh, Argus's daily benchmark Northwest EU uh, HRC index jumped from 664 euros 50 on the 4th of January to 718.50 per metric ton on the uh, 15th of January, a rise of 54 euros per ton. Uh, with leading producer ArcelorMittal increasing its HRC offer level to 730 euros a ton on the 8th of Jan. Momentum stalled a little bit recently uh, as global softening filtered through to lower import offers from Egypt, Turkey, and Asia, uh, and buyers sat on their hands as a result, hoping domestic producers would lower their offers. Uh, but actually, ArcelorMittal announced another 20 euro per ton hike on the 28th of January. Uh, we'll see if they can uh, can actually uh, push through sales at those levels. 
Uh, and also looking at that China export uh, HRC market, that FOB China HRC market, it remains fairly quiet. The major Chinese mills keeping offers for SS400 coils unchanged, given the widespread between the bids and the offers there, as well as obvious uncertainties before the Chinese Lunar New Year holiday. Um, a deal for SAE grade coils from China was heard to be concluded as low as $645 a ton based on CFR Vietnam this week, but no further details could be confirmed and most participants thought it may have been sold by traders with losses after witnessing consecutive steel and raw material price falls in China. So that's where we are on the, uh, the international steel markets right now. Cool. Thank you, Kerry. And assuming that we're seeing a nice move up on European HRC, and you're on a roll, why don't we plow into what's happening on the freight side? And we're seeing, unfortunately, another fall in the Cape size. From we the are. Index. The Cape it's size market on. has continued its rather steep correction as of late. Uh, that fall even gaining steam later in the week last week. Uh, from last Tuesday to yesterday, the index fell 25% or just over $5,000. The driver last week, interestingly, was primarily the Atlantic Basin, where an excess of tonnage and a sharp drop in inquiry saw the C8 transatlantic round fall very sharply uh, to just under 23K yesterday. The C3 Brazil-China market uh, had fallen late last week to just under 17 bucks per metric ton before finding some support and actually bouncing back a tick for deferred loading dates yesterday. Uh, in the Pacific Basin, C5 was a, a slow and steady drift all week, really, uh, marked yesterday at just above $6 per metric ton. Um, it's worth noting that a fair amount of this has been priced into the nearby months on the paper already. So despite another sharp drop on the paper this morning, that March contract is trading in region 9,400, uh, down about 2,400 on this time last week, or less than half of the amount of the index fall. Uh, deferred contracts have been holding up a bit better with that Q3, for example, trading at 16.925 this morning, almost flat to last week at this time. We had seen the Panamaxes holding up far better than the big ships overall, and that did continue over the past week. Um, but cracks were starting to show, and uh, many participants had pretty wildly divergent views on where the market was heading. Activity had been muted in the Pacific with rates drifting for NOPAC grains against a lack of cargo. And similarly quiet out of Australia, with some, while some new cargo emerged on that Indo-South China route uh, for a bit, of, a bit of coal coming out of Indonesia to help things along. In the Atlantic, the fall in Capes has obviously been putting a touch of pressure on some of those East Coast South America trades uh, with limited inquiry wall. In the North Atlantic, uh, ongoing demand for ice class vessels helped to keep rates fairly healthy for the fixtures that were done. Uh, the Panamax paper actually hit its lows last Tuesday and has been pretty well supported since, which with March having hit a low of 11,325 value on Tuesday before gaining back over 1,000 to trade 12,500 yesterday. Um, slight dip again today. So just at the moment, we're looking just around 12,000 value on that contract. Cool. Thank you, Kerry. And in terms of other products, it is not exciting as what we've seen in our uh, uh, Iron ore and in terms of the European HRC or Cape size movements, um, very again, very little movement in terms of oil in the related fuel oil products. Um, we are seeing a little bit more positivity as we're seeing that um, these virus uh, vaccine programs actually start to take off. I mean, of note, especially the EU, the 
um, have own problems with theirs, but UK is doing very well, Israel as well. So that is starting to bring in a little bit more positive sentiment. The the IMF forecasts oil prices to average just above fifty dollars for twenty twenty one, which is twenty one percent higher than the average for the year just gone. Um, also positive news this week: uh, we had EIA statistics coming out of a draw of nine point nine million barrels for US crude, uh, although builds in products of gasoline and distillates. So again, quite a significant draw on those um, statistics and bringing in another point to bring in positive sentiment. What is looming for the fuel markets though is increasing production for different grades. So Singapore is looking to receive about 2.5 million tonnes of very low sulfur fuel oil in February. Um, what's that coming from is um, East. So Singapore pulling in a lot of oil, fuel oil from Europe and the Middle East. Um, mm -hmm. In the European market, though, has uh, garnered support in recent weeks from strong demand from the East. So it's actually pulling a lot of that stuff across. Um, it's like what we saw um, towards the end of last year as well. Once China had come out of the initial problems of the virus, we had a huge draw uh, towards those areas for demand for fuel oil. It's picking up on the East uh, and the European market seems... Yeah, it's not seeing that same demand domestically, but obviously shifting across that way. But with those increases in two to two, two and a half million is what they're expecting in February. This could definitely set up uh, a drop in what uh, a tightness in the market. So with increasing supplies of, of fuel oil, although we're seeing uh, better for crude in terms of the outlook, in terms of that east-west spread, it's definitely something to be watching. Um, but for fuel oil specifically, Singapore looks like it's going to be on the up, which is the definitely the increasing demand is coming from. Europe is still going to be waiting uh, as it starts to emerge from uh, its economic lockdowns and everything else in terms of returning demand there. But not too much to report on that, as was highlighted by the, the indexes that we started with. There's around about 1% movements on most of those products that we talked about, mainly slightly up with the increasing positive sentiments that things will get back to normal and that OPEC have said that they will be cutting production and have done fairly well in terms of their January uh, cuts and keeping to what they should be doing. So although we're coming into Chinese New Year, as Tom talked about, and we'll, we'll definitely be saying that uh, things will probably not be doing anything dramatic until after that period, it's no wonder that we've been reporting quite a flat market for the last few weeks. Uh, and then just a final point on wet FFAs. Um, on the clean markets, we've seen some delays across the Atlantic, which will help owners to keep pushing the rates up uh, in the short term, but cautious of uh, growing ballast lists later in the month uh, on the MR routes, especially with TC2 spot currently reaching highs not seen since August. Uh, not entirely sure how long those kind of rates are going to be lasting, but we'll definitely be keeping an eye on that, as well as the other oil markets. Guys, anything to point out before we finish after this uh, quick update on our markets, mainly an international steel week, this one. Not really, um, except for the fact that we will be doing this podcast on Tuesdays from now on. And uh, so all our listeners can uh, can find us one day earlier. Yeah, everyone's going to be wrong-footed and being like, what, what, what's <laughs> exactly. the Exactly. I thought it was always Wednesdays, uh, but no, <laughs> we're moving, moving a day early uh, due to everything else in scheduling. But uh, yes, good point, Kerry. Anything from you, Tom, or are we all done for the week? I think that's about it from me. Cool. So after a dramatic fall in iron ore, an HRC just popping up in January, 
uh, oil market doing nothing and Cape size probably bringing tears to a few people. Uh, we end for this week on the 2nd of Feb. Thank you, guys.